Welcome back to Twice Upon a Time. This week, Roger and I watched Season 3, Episode 7, Dark Hollow. In Storybrooke, as our heroes leave on Hook's ship, Belle is feeling left out. But when Ariel shows up asking for Belle's help, they search for Pandora's box, the object Rumpel needs to defeat Pan. Unfortunately, Pan's minions made it into town before Belle cast the cloaking spell. They tie up Belle and Ariel and take the box. Uh, Belle and Ariel escape, uh, and Belle discovers that the minions are John and Michael, only working to save their sister Wendy from Pan. Belle convinces them that they will succeed, and they agree to let Ariel leave with Pandora's box. In Neverland, Henry sneaks away from camp and discovers that Pan has a secret. Pan convinces Henry that he needs Henry to save the island and save magic. But it's a lie! <laughs> Meanwhile, Emma, Hook, and Neil go to the Dark Hollow to capture Pan's shadow, their way home. Hook and Neil almost lose their shadows while fighting over Emma, but Emma uses magic under pressure and captures the shadow. Now with an escape plan in place, Tink is ready to help them break into Pan's camp. Roger, what did you think of this episode? Solid. Like, it's one of the episodes that stays in the middle. Like, it's just good. There's probably one, one or two parts I really can't stand. Nothing jumps off the screen is like, this is amazing, this isn't top ten. But I think it advanced the plot in a solid way without being offensive. So I've got, there are some episodes, especially last season, where I was just like, delete this from my brain and never want to watch this garbage again. So a pro is not offensive. Yeah. <laughs> this is not dreamy. This is not dreamy. You're right. Um, I actually really like this episode uh, more than I remembered. Uh, I think it's interesting that there's no flashback in this episode. I mean, I guess the storybook part is a little bit of a five flashback, day flashback, but it's only five days, and then it catches up to today, basically. Um, we finally got storybook back. We did finally get storybook back. Uh, there was a lot going on here. There are they like because everyone splits up, and we treat almost every storyline with like an equal amount of time. I have four separate plots. So there's the Storybrooke plot. Yep. There's Snow and Charming. Yep. There's Hook, Neil, and Emma. Yep. And then there's Henry. Yep, four. Oh, you didn't even count Rumpel and Regina. Oh, and Rumpel and Regina. So five. Yeah. I mean, we maybe could slot Rumpel and Regina into the Storybrooke plot, but not really. I'm slotting Henry and Pan kind of just Neverland in general. Okay. But yeah, you could argue reasonably that there are five. Also, yeah. viewers, listeners... I will now be referring to the group as Neil and the Idiots, mm. as Neil has taken Regina's slot. <laughs> um, and I think uh, Pan's role in this episode is like excellent manipulation by Pan. I have no disagreement. Yeah. Where do we start? Let's start in Storybrooke. Okay. Uh, with one of my favorite bits. The dwarves, like, eating their lunch, talking about how nice it is that Snow and Charming aren't here, and that, like... It'll, 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 it only, it's only been five days and it's five days without killing. No giants stepping on my Miata. <laughs> Are they wrong? No, although, uh, like, as soon as they say that, a mermaid pops up and... No, the best part is Grumpy goes, no, they're going to be back and everything will be back to normal. And then I wrote, and then Ariel appears in Storybrooke. <laughs> <laughs> it reminded me of... Um, no, we've got this. We have a plan. Terrible news! <laughs> it's true. Poor Grumpy. Poor Grumpy. Also, Grumpy has maybe the line of the episode. <laughs> yes. When, uh, he, Ariel walks in wearing... Honestly, she wasn't even wearing anything that unreasonable. 
No. She's like in a baby She's just suit? not wearing shoes. Okay. So she, and she walks in about like, didn't you see the sign? And <laughs> Grumpy comes back with, I have some of those outfits from Ruby seared into my brain. And I'm like, oh yeah, Ruby was wearing a lot less. Yeah. I wrote that down and now I can't find it. Yeah. It was great. It oh was yeah. Great. I seem to recall some Ruby outfits that are seared into my brain. Yep. And let's be honest here. Ariel's wearing more clothing on her bottom than Ruby was wearing, period. Yeah. Not that 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 was a complaint, just a statement. It was also super sweet. So Belle's feeling, like, really down on herself. Like, she really wants to be a hero. That's what she's always wanted, and she's feeling really left out. She didn't get to go with the other heroes on the the adventure. Uh, And Archie's trying to convince her, like, you did something really important. Like, Rumpel asked you to do that, and you did it. And she's sort of convinced that they're, like, he made that up to make her feel important, but, like, that there wasn't anyone coming. She's actually wrong. There were some people coming. Uh, she wasn't fast enough. But uh, when, like, I don't know if Leroy, like, overheard her say that or she said something and then he walks in. Oh, yeah, he says, like, oh, well, that's funny because Ariel's here and she needs your help. And the look on Leroy's face, like, he's so proud. He's like, Belle's going to fix this. I love my Belle. Well, I mean, if you think back to, like, the season two, um, he really does have a debt of gratitude for her based on what we saw in Dreamy. Yeah. And he even says, like, don't let her die like this. Like, yeah. he does have an affection for Belle. He absolutely does. And also, yeah, it was kind of nice that it wasn't a lie. Like, Rumple really did need her help. Yeah. And it was, it was very important that she cast it. Had she not waited, maybe the dogs don't get in. But, you know. And uh, I, I think this whole episode is a great... This is exactly what Belle should be doing. 100%. Like, it's so great. Should Belle have gone to Neverland? Absolutely not. But she, like, does some really great stuff in this episode. Belle, as the oracle, the researcher, the person who finds the thing and then gives it to the people who can actually take action, is perfect. This is what I want Belle all the time. Sadly, it won't stay like this. Like, I don't want Belle on the pirate ship. I want Belle to identify there's a pirate ship that's cloaked. And then go give me some heroes. What they actually need, though, is some sort of, like, communication device yeah. with Belle at all times. Because she's also really good, like, when they're tied up and she figures out, like, oh, your bracelet. Like, you can get us out of this situation. I feel like if, if people just called and were like, hey, Belle. So, you know, so. like, you, you've watched Flash on CW. Mm-hmm. Most Remember, of it. But you've seen, like, how they have, like, there's a point person in the back. Yeah. That's, that's Belle. She's the point person. They go, hey, like. What do they call their Overwatch? I think they call it Oracle. Oh, okay. Well, I think Felicity is like the Oracle. Felicity, yeah. Is the Oracle. And then Flash has it, like Team Flash. They have their own version of it. Cisco sometimes. Sometimes it's Iris. Mm-hmm. But that's Belle. Like, Belle should be the Oracle character for this, where she's relaying information. She can figure out alternate solutions. She can be the conscience that stops Rumple and probably Regina from doing the yeah. things that maybe we don't need to do. But, like, that's a good use of her. She stays in this world. We're happy. They also should more frequently ask for her advice while they are planning something. Oh, yeah. Because I think she would come up with a good plan. (laughs) In fact, she should be the person who's doing most of the planning, and then when they have to change things on the fly, that needs to be maybe, like, then, like, in the field because she can't be there with them. But, yeah, she should probably be... But instead they don't ask for her advice, and then she feels left out, and then she comes. (laughs) And then disaster ensues. No, Belle just doesn't fucking listen. He told her, stay the hell off the damn pirate ship. This is a murderous (laughs) pirate. And what does she do? Not respect, his wish, not respect his wishes after he said, no, I trust you to respect my wishes. Maybe he should have just locked her up. My goodness. I mean, you even agreed in that episode that if you're going to just keep putting yourself in harm's way. No, I agree, but I don't think locking her up is the solution. Maybe like telling her the truth so that they can all figure out a plan together is the right, right choice. Yeah, sure. Uh, I'm sure you didn't think this was funny or catch this, but it, the idea of Ariel being in... 
Gold's pawn shop is hilarious. It's like Ariel's fucking dream. She's she even says, "Look at this stuff," which is the first line of her song about how much she likes stuff. What? <laughs> yeah, she has this whole song in The Little Mermaid called "Part of Your World." She like desperately wants to like know about humans and learn uh-huh. about them, and she has this cave full of stuff. Is she a like, She like collects forks and like stuff people drop off of ships. I'm sorry, what do we call forks? forks? Uh, I'm sorry, mini tridents. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so Ariel in the movie is just hoarding random human trinkets Absolutely. that she's found. Yeah. And so now she's gone into Gold's pawn shop which yeah. is basically hoarding just a collection. That's amazing it's and no, I did not so catch that. amazing. But that's hysterical. <laughs> Oh, so that's because I was wondering, like, why is she so fascinated by all this stuff? Yeah, and she always steals it too, which I think is funny. Like, she totally pocketed, uh, like, she pocketed the button, which, like, arguably was something oh, she actually needed. Sure. But, like, she, like, took the fork from the thing in the last episode. She just, like, takes stuff. Oh, she's a klepto. Yeah, okay. she totally is. <laughs> I'm trying to find you a picture of all of the stuff. Here's. Here's the cave full of stuff. And it's like a, it's probably like a, like a five story cave and it's just got all kinds of shit. Full stuff. She loves stuff. <laughs> that actually reminds me of what Gold Pawn Shop would look like if it were underwater. Yes. <laughs> Gold, do you have a daughter that you need to tell us about? Huh. Fascinating. I have no idea what we were talking about before then. Um, well, we were just talking about Ariel and Belle and et cetera. I, you know, I thought I remember not liking Ariel. And I actually do enjoy her. I think she fits a role in the show. Oh, yeah. I, I think yeah. I like her, too. I, I think, like we said in the last episode, I was a little annoyed that uh, it, 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 I, we, there was a lot going on. I mean, yeah. like, her, what was going on in her flashback didn't actually progress It didn't line up well. Yeah. Um, but I think Ariel's fine. Had they lined her flashback up with her about to come meet Eric, I think that would have been a better, mm-hmm. uh, like, better synergy, essentially. Yeah, I agree. Uh, Belle's so smart. She figures out Rumpel's incredibly crypt- cryptic riddle. I love how Ariel's like, boy, he's a cryptic one, isn't he? he? He's really into being cryptic, I think is what she says. Also, we get uh, another therapy time. We haven't seen Archie in a long time. Yeah. Is this the first time we've seen him since he was not dead? Uh, maybe. Yeah. Yeah, it was it was nice to have like a little bit of therapy with Archie. Why that isn't a staple of the show? Fascinating. Everyone me. in this show needs therapy. A lot. <laughs> I like how Granny also like. Oh yeah. <laughs> she's like trying to solve it the Granny way with food, and it's like not working. And then she sort of gives gives Archie a signal. She's like, "This one's on you, man." <laughs> and then uh, something's troubling you. It's not my cooking. <laughs> I miss Granny too. I miss Granny too. You know who else I miss? Ruby. Yes. Yeah. And her outfits. They they so much decided that they didn't know what to do with Ruby that they just erased her entirely. Oy vey. Oh Yeah, that's right. <laughs> um, when Belle figures out that they need to use the cup, the chipped cup, mm. uh, and Ariel says it's chipped, and the way Belle says, I know, I know, like, it's just like, she looks at the cup so lovingly, and it's like, oh. I want, I want people to know. As we get into later seasons, I did like Bell and Rumpel back in the day. <laughs> this Bell and Rumpel is adorable. Like it's it's good. And then, anyway, uh, yeah. And she also instantly knew that it was Pandora's box when she picked it up. She said she had read about it yeah. in her book. She must have seen a picture of it too. I'm curious. Was it the library in Storybrooke or the library in the Dark Castle? I don't know. <laughs> I what kind of books they got in Storybrooke? Probably the books from the Dark Castle. I mean, Castle. Pandora's box is a is also a 
a myth for us too. So there might be books about it. But, but I, she was able to identify it immediately. Yeah, on site. she was. That's true. Um, she also very quickly figured out what the other the others were going to do with the box. She's the like, well, if part they two. want to destroy it, they uh, have to use the strongest thing there is, which is a pickaxe. Our dwarves pickaxe. Again, she's very good at deducing what is going to happen. Yeah. We're calling them the Outsiders Part 2 from Hogwarts, because one of them kind of looks like Harry Potter to me. Okay. Yeah. I was I was going with the others, like from uh, Lost. Oh, let's go with the others. I like that better. <laughs> um, Ariel also does one of my, fills one of my favorite tropes, which is uh, like literally fish out of water in oh, this instance. yes, yes. I'm just always a big fan of that. She, I love her. I'm not afraid of your gun and not just because I don't know what it is. Why are we listening to them? Because they have a gun. What's a gun? It reminds me, you remember when Hook picked up the gun? He kind of looked at it like, huh, I wonder what this thing is. Well, he knows what a gun is, but, but they don't look like that. But he didn't know that was a gun. Yeah. Like, he looked kind of like, ooh, what's this one? And then he's invention? like, oh, I know what this ooh, is. Ooh, this is pocket size. I, I bet he probably thought it was a pocket size cannon. Yeah. Yeah. And there, I mean, there are obviously guns where in the Enchanted Forest where Ariel lives, but not, but not, in, not un, and not underground. No. Or underwater. underwater. Well, also, like, the guns they hold back in the day are, like, these kinds with bayonets in front, right? Like, they're big. Um, no, I mean, yes, mostly, but they had handguns. And do they? Yeah, like, okay. Hook has a Hook has a handgun. It's well, just big. He stole it from Rumpel. No, he has, like, a like a piratey gun. Really? Yeah. Oh, I've never seen him I mean, it. he doesn't carry it around on his person most of the time, but he's he has used one in the Enchanted Forest before. Oh, I don't remember ever seeing him fire a gun. I mean, you've seen Pirates of the Caribbean. They have handguns in that, too. That's Jack Sparrow. That's different. We're talking about Hook. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we discover that the others are actually John and Michael Darling. That was a good twist. Wendy's brothers. Because I did when I saw them, I was like, I don't remember these boys at all. Yeah, they, they're so, like, creepy and sinister. I said, they reminded me of the Firefly. The, what is it? Men of Blue 2x2. Two 2x2 by two. Two by two Hands of Blue. Yeah. Yeah. Creepy. Uh, they, also, they barely got... Like, what would have happened had they been, like, hit by that shield? It seems like it would have decapitated them. It would have been dark! <laughs> They're driving in just... Well, they didn't make it. No, even darker is somebody someday is, like, driving out of town and they just discover this car with, like, rotting bodies in it. Gross. It's disgusting. Um, the HBO version of this show is going to be twisted. It is. They have a very, they actually have a noble cause. They're trying to save their sister. They seem to know more about Pan's plans than Greg and Tamara well, ever did. They know their boss is Peter Pan. Yeah. And they know, yeah, it's they're much more clued in than and they call Greg and Tamara patsies. Uh-huh. So it, it's definitely, I'm curious about, though, their age. So we saw these boys in Bay's flashback at the end of season two. That was 100 plus years ago. So they must have been trapped on Neverland for quite some time. So I actually, they say that Pan is keeping us young to do his bidding. So they don't live in Neverland. But how did he keep them young? I don't, he's magical. Yeah, but there was no magic before Rumpel brought magic outside. Maybe of, he brought them to Neverland and cast a spell on them and then sent them home. Yeah. Because it, it, what it sounded like is Wendy went after Bay to try to save him. And yeah. then John and Michael went after. And it seems like maybe they waited a, lo a little bit because they're, they're not children. Yeah. Like, they're a little bit older. And then they, like, tried to go after her. And then Pan caught them. Mm. So Wendy went of... immediately. Yeah. And then they waited until they got a little bit older and bigger and then yeah. tried to. And then they got trapped into this form, essentially. Yes. Because they look, like, mid... They look 20s age. They don't look like teenagers. Yeah. 
if you told me that Michael was... Michael actually looks older than John to me. Yeah. And he's not. Agreed. But if you told me that Michael was 40, I would believe you. you can he tell, looks younger than that, but like... He could be anywhere from 25 to 42. Yeah. And I would say those are all reasonable. And then the other one actually looks a little younger. I wouldn't believe he's in his 40s. But still, if you told me he was 14, I'd be like, lying ass. Yeah, not so, 14. No, no. They're not Lost Boys. No. Uh, they also said we tried to be heroes, but it just made things worse, which kind of ties in yeah. with how Belle was feeling earlier in the episode. And by this point, she has some hope in her abilities. And she's like, no, we they have a plan. It's a good one. This is going to work. Yeah. And she convinces them. Yeah, no, she does. And she has cast a spell for the first time, which is kind of a big deal. She'd never really used, she'd yeah. seen magic, but never used magic Absolutely. Before. I also really like how forceful Ariel is when she goes back to Neverland with the box and gives it to Regina and Rumpel. Um, and uh, she says, like, oh, you you also have to save Wendy. Like, Belle and I talked about it. They helped us. And then she says, uh, now you have a chance to save Henry, thanks to me and Belle. Rescuing that girl is the least that you can do. <laughs> What's funny is that the easiest way to go there would have been, like, Hey, Rumple. Belle said you need to rescue the girl. Yeah. All right, we're rescuing the girl. That's the end of the discussion. Rumple would have done it. Well, and Regina Regina sort of is like, well, Henry is the focus, and Rumple is like, we'll try our best. Yeah. Well, Regina's saying, I'm here to get my son. Yeah. Rumple's here to be like, I'm not going to disappoint Belle. Yeah. So I think that those and are both I don't reasonable. I don't think that he would save her at all costs, but I do think that he would try his best to save her. He, yeah, he's not going to risk Henry to save mm-hmm. her, but he will do, if it means sacrificing his life to take Wendy. He'd probably be willing to do that. Yeah, I think he would. Not the old Rumple though. Do you have anything else in Storybrooke? I'm good. It was very nice to see Storybrooke. It was cool to see some characters we hadn't seen in a while. Uh-huh. The dwarves. I think there's a very interesting point though that the dwarves are happy without the Charmings. That is an interesting point that I don't know if we ever come back to, but, like, all of the bad shit seems to happen when they're around. Well, especially Grumpy is, like, the only one that doesn't seem to be, like, going along with this idea. And he's always the one that's forcing them into stuff. Yeah. Like, in the earlier episode when they had to, like, cross the town line and he's making them draw straws and he's like, this is our job. Like, this is what we do. And they're kind of like, or we could just live here. Yeah. How about we just chill? Remember when we were cursed and everything was fine? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. A little bit of that. Well, it's like um, what Ruby says to Well is that she thought she was punishing us with this curse, but in many ways we were already cursed yeah. to begin with. Yeah. yeah, but I'm done with Storybrooke. I'm happy to see it. Hope we get to see some more Storybrooke soon. Where do we want to start in Neverland? Because we have essentially four splits. Want to start with Snow and Charming? Oh, Yeah. So Snow is uh, taking the silent treatment tactic against Charming. I am curious as to what your feelings are about Snow White being so irate. Um, yeah, I think that it's, uh, I, I think that's how I would feel. But I think it's a little rich for her to be feeling that way based on what she did recently with her heart and Regina. Like we're talking 10 episodes ago at most. Yeah, it wasn't that long ago. And this has only been five days. Like, I, I think she's right to be angry. Sure. Um, and <laughs> I also think he's probably right not to bring that up, to be honest. I think it would just make her more angry. I think he's I think he's right to not throw it in her face. I think he had a valid point, though, is that, like, 
we've both made decisions that was going to really hurt the other person, but we just weren't thinking about the other yeah. person at the time. And it's not like Snow didn't love Charming anymore. It's just she was so yeah. caught up in her own shit. And she was going to, I said this before, she was going to abandon him. Yeah. Like straight up. So it is a little rich for her to be that pissed off. I, but I also get it. I thought it was hilarious when Emma was like, how long are you going to keep doing this? Like, you can't just keep punishing him. Like, he was just trying to keep the mission, like, front of mind. And then Snow says, good to see you've inherited his tunnel vision. Which is both hilarious and completely accurate about both Emma and Charming. Remember I said, Emma and David <laughs> both do things that piss Mary Margaret off in basically the same way. Yeah. And that's right her saying it. Like, you two are the same. You only care about the thing that's in front of you. You don't think about the consequences for anybody else. Yeah. Yeah. And he also tries... Also, that was a hell of a deflection. Yeah. <laughs> she is completely avoiding... I said this about her. She never wants to talk about her own feelings. That's true. And then she immediately deflects it back to Emma, like, well, you're not doing this thing. It's like, okay, but we were talking about you. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. Uh, Charming also... He tries a variety of tactics to get Snow to speak to him. Um, All to no success. He tries a joke, which I think... Well, it's, not, it's eventually the one that gets her to talk to him, but the, I see why you picked this, why Tink picked this area. Nice, quiet jungle. Might make a nice spot for a hut, don't you think? And then Snow is, like, completely exasperated, and he's like, or a treehouse! <laughs> it, it reminds me of um, after she was depressed, where he was trying all those different tactics to get her out, and yeah. just nothing would work, and he's just, you know, he doesn't know what to do. And it, I think his confession was interesting. He, like, finally says that he was scared, which is something that's hard for Charming to say out loud, I think. Yeah. Uh, and she's, she's like, did you think I wouldn't stay here with you? And he, he sort of says, no, I knew that you would, and I didn't want to make you have to choose that. And his point is valid. Like, I didn't want you yeah. to be stuck on this godforsaken island with me because he knows, and we even said this, like, she absolutely would choose that. But I can understand not and be like, no, you should not be cursed to be stuck on Neverland and, do what does he say, dodging Lost Boys? She says she that. She says that. I yeah. would happily spend my days in a treehouse dodging arrows and Lost Boys as long as I had you by my side. I would watch that 13-episode series all day. <laughs> Charming, the Charmings versus the Lost Boys? I'm in. Let's go. And then she says, you didn't believe, David. You needed to believe in us. Very much like season one. This this felt like yeah, Margaret and David Nolan like they're just not on the same page and it's but this time they get back to the same page quickly, mm -hmm. which was nice. But it had that same like she had that same look in her eyes when she says you lied in season one. It's like I can't believe you didn't believe in us. Well, now, and now it's so sad. Like I, I feel like we didn't really sit with what it, we we had talked about it a little bit, but we didn't quite sit with it. David's not dead, but they just are gonna stay here now. Like they're gonna save Henry and then they're gonna live on this island. So admittedly, they wanted to go back anyway. I mean, they want to go back to the Enchanted Forest. I think that living um, in the woods dodging Lost Boys is a little different than uh, living in a castle in the Enchanted Forest. Dodging ogres? They have experience with that. Oh, because... I I'm sorry. The choice <laughs> is Lost Boys or ogres? <laughs> You're right. You do have experience with ogres. Give me the Lost Boys. I'll take them. They have a bunch of kids. Ogres? Not so much. I mean, yeah, Mary Margaret shot an ogre in the face and killed it, but like... She did do that. That was pretty amazing. I don't know. I think I'll take my chances with a bunch of preteen, you know, homeless boys. Anything else on Snow and Charming? It was nice to see them break away. Yeah. And focus on just those two. Because yeah. I find them a bit more obnoxious when it's them and Emma and the idiots. But if it's just those two, it was kind of nice to just dive into like their issues. 
I appreciated that we gave them an actual like emotional thing thing with an emotional crux. However, in the plot of the episode, the thing that they were doing was actually completely meaningless. Yeah. They were going to find Tink so that they could tell her that they were they almost had a way to get home. And then that actually ended up resolving itself at the same time as everyone else showed up. So what they did was completely meaningless. <laughs> they needed to get them away. Yeah. <laughs> and that's what I've been saying the whole season. They just shouldn't be here. I'm here too! <laughs> what do you want to go just to the idiots? I Sure. I'm not, I, I think it's too confusing to call them that because it also encompasses Snow and Charming, which they are not included in this, but that's fine. Okay. We can call it the idiot triangle. How about that? <laughs> the idiot triangle. Okay, I'll take that. Yeah. That implies that Neil is an idiot. I guess he he is an idiot. In, in this episode, episode, he's an he's idiot. He's definitely an idiot. This sucks. This is the worst part of the episode for me. I think these. I three, knew that you would feel that way. They're fucking terrible to me. I mean the the triangle shit is terrible. Like I just I'm like, what are you doing? It's not interesting. It's not interesting at all to me. I can't believe that Hook used the phrase "our dalliance" when referring to a kiss. <laughs> definitely made it sound like they had sex. <laughs> Yes! If you say out dalliance, I'm thinking city council meeting or tacos. Yeah, like... But he did that intentionally. Of course he did. Um, I also... Yeah, okay. A dalliance is a (laughs) casual, romantic, or sexual relationship. Can be described as brief. But I would would think of that as being more than, like, one occurrence. I mean, it was a deep kiss, if you want to call it that. Yeah, I mean, it left them both... Uh, Flustered. <laughs> but, uh, but if you were trying to describe to your competitor the situation, you are going to over-exaggerate. I actually wrote, our dalliance. What an adorable word. <laughs> the kind of word that a 200-year-old man would use. I also love when Emma walks back. She has no idea what they were talking about. But she can. she's like, the tension is like immediate. She's like, what's up? Which is funny. Here's the kit. Here's the coconut. But I mean, you know what it is. You've caused most of this. Yes. You've been teasing Hook for the entire time, and you know you have feelings for Neil. Like, yeah, of course you know what the fuck's going on. It did produce one of my favorite lines from the episode, which was Neil, of course, because he delivers lines amazingly. Uh, You drove a pirate ship through a magic portal, and you draw the line at magic coconut. Fair point. I wish Neil were split off from this. I actually wish Neil were with Rumpel and Regina. Mm. Because he has connection with them, right? So Rumpel, that's his dad. Regina, they're both that's their son. So like him being with those two would have been so much more interesting, but this soapy crap, not doing it for me. I don't like any part of their and I don't like the Dark Hollow scene. They just they look like idiots. Like the boys are dumb and helpless so and getting dumb. into a pissing contest over I mean it's just like come the fuck on. I did appreciate when Emma confronts Hook, like, what the fuck is going on? And she's like, why would you tell him that? Like, why would you do that? She knows why he would do that. But He also should have done that. He was right. Yeah, I mean, he probably shouldn't have done it while they were on a mission to steal a shadow in a coconut. Like, he probably should have waited for, like, a more appropriate moment. Um, Because waiting to tell people things in this show is really... I guess that's true. works out well. Um, But I did appreciate that she... He kind of gets into, like, I was hoping our kiss meant something, which is stupid. But she says, what meant something was that you told us about Neil. Mm -hmm. Like, Mm -hmm. thank you. I realized that you could have kept that to yourself and it would have furthered your motives. Um, And she says, and you chose your friend. She she assumes he got a deal from Pan. Mm -hmm. And she seems surprised by that. And Hook says, does that surprise you? Uh, And she says, yeah, you're a pirate. And then he gets into the whole when I win your heart thing. 
I will win it, which I'm sure you hated so much. Uh, yeah, okay. Garbage. Um, I did like the Dark Hollow scene, actually. I mean, I hate the stupid fighting. I literally, it felt, <laughs> it felt like cavemen arguing over who controls the fire. Yep, yep. <laughs> Like, this that's, is stupid. That's the level of brain cells they were utilizing there. It was also ridiculous to me that the shadows just are able to quickly pin the two males up, and then it's now our savior's got to save us, and she holds them off with a fucking cutlass? It's a shadow! Yeah, I'm not really sure why the shadow was afraid of the cutlass. Like, it doesn't seem like you could cut one of them, but it did, like, when she pulls it out it, as it, soon as they arrive, and it, like, seems afraid of it, it's weird. Also, they need to train Jennifer Morrison how to swing a sword, because she looks... As unconvincing <laughs> she, as any person has ever swung a sword. She, she looks like a little kid flailing around. Like, I don't know what I'm doing. But the Dark Hollow was fucking terrifying. Oh, it's yeah, It's, like, absolutely. so dark in there. The music was super creepy. Mm-hmm. We have these creepy shadows that are, like, ripping shadows out of people's bodies. It could have been an epic scene. I like how both of them were like, save yourself. And it's like, that's obviously not what she's going to do for two reasons. She would never just abandon people. And she still needs the shadow. <laughs> Um, but I did, I did really like her using the magic. Like, this is what Regina was trying to teach her last time. Like, usually when you need to use magic, it's not just, no one, people are yelling at you, there's wind. There's distractions. Yeah, and she does it. Um. The Dark Hollow. So easy, a caveman can screw it up. Yeah. And then she kind of gives them a dressing down. She's like, you idiots, this was your fault. Like, this happened because of you. Uh, and then delivers a, yet again one of the worst lines in this season. I choose Henry. He's the only love I have room for in my life. Not even just right now, just at all. Spoiler alert, folks. When we get to the 3A recap, one of the losers is going to be Jennifer Morrison. <laughs> Her performance this season has been atrocious. Wow. She has had some of the worst lines throughout no, the entire season. No, they have given her really bad lines. But no, no. They have not given her bad lines. Sorry. She delivered them really badly. Like, even the last episode, you're like, it would have been nice to know what Emma was feeling. I was like, well, they cut to her. And you were like, yep. And mm-hmm. I still have no idea mm-hmm. what she was feeling. You replace her with Regina in this line where she's dressing down two men who are fighting over her, but she's going for Henry. You would have convincingly believed, I do not have time for your crap. I do not care about you more. And if you compromise me getting my son back, I will kill you. That's true. This, this is just garbage. Yeah. And... Neil does have that nice line about how if Henry is the only good thing that came from us being together, then I say we did all right. God, I wish I believed that's what he was really going for and not just using his son to win a woman's heart. Mm. I mean, I think he does actually believe that, but... I think he also knows he he's, still got wants an, her. he's got an advantage with having yeah, a son connection. He's always true. going to be a part of her life, and he's hoping that that's going to win that over the man who took his mother away from him. Which, why have they not had that conversation yet? I want adult Neil and adulthood to talk about the fact that, like, hey, man. Oh, yeah. I resent the fact that you have. You're the reason my mother abandoned me. They absolutely need to have that conversation. And I want it on I screen. I can't believe they never have. Agreed. It's ridiculous, actually. Yep. Um, okay. Anything else on the Dark Hollow idiots situation? The less I have to talk about the idiot triangle, the better. Uh, do you want to talk about... Pam and Pan or Pan and Regina Pan? and Rumple. Either I can go either direction. Let's here. start with Regina and Rumple. And Ariel ish. Yeah. <laughs> Ariel's our uh go between between yeah. Storybrook. Um I really like the conversation they have about uh like how Rumple loves Belle. Like oh, Regina I love... seems really surprised. Yeah, she's like, You love her. 
Which is funny because yeah. you captured her specifically because you knew she meant something to you. And then, again with the tension that you never believe is there, is that jealousy, Rumpel asks her, and she says, of Belle? I think not. And then he says, no, no, of having someone. Yeah, but that, that's exactly... No, I understand what that's, that's what he meant, but she obviously like read into that, that there was something else there. No, what she thinks is that he, she's laughing at the idea that why would I be jealous of Belle? She just didn't understand what he was asking. That's the whole point. She's like, of course I don't want you. I'm not jealous of that. That's why when he says no of having someone and then she looks shocked. She's like, oh. Well, I think she looks shocked because that's sad. That's like what she's, that's, he knows that that's what she's That is what wanted. she is actually jealous of. There is the, the, it's actually the fact that if there were tension, Regina's a bad liar. We know this. She would have absolutely been able to fake it. But then she just laughs it off. She's like, Pfft. she scoffs. It's so absurd to her. That she would be jealous of Belle. I disagree with that. You assessment. just want them to be some sort of. Weird I don't project. want that. I don't. But there is tension. It's there. Yeah, but it's not. It's not what you think it is. It's not what you think it is. I think I understand Rumple better than you understand Rumple. I think you think that you understand everyone better than I understand. Oh, I don't understand Snow at all. <laughs> I don't understand Emma. Most the only woman I understand maybe as well as you is Regina because I understand revenge and you don't. <laughs> That's true. I do not understand. Yeah, the rest revenge. of them make no damn sense to me. Regina did keep her deal. Regina's become Ariel a better person. Legs. Um, and, <laughs> and then was, she says that hilarious thing. That line was amazing. Now you can have legs whenever you want, or a fin, whatever Eric's into these days. So one thing I do love about this show, it's kind of like Disney where they would sneak in sex jokes, but it's not overt. So like, if you don't know, you don't know. Mm -hmm. But if you know... You know, and that's funny as hell. Like the it's fact so that, like, funny. whatever he's into, y'all do your thing. And she does keep her deal. And, and she even says at the beginning part of the conversation, you're just going to have to trust me. Which, to Ariel's defense, is like, I really have no reason to trust you. You screwed me over. And now she actually doesn't screw her over. It was also kind of brilliant, though, because Ariel is a nice person that would want to help people regardless of whether or not she actually got to keep the legs. You're right. <laughs> she would. And she has a chance to maybe find Eric. As and well. the Dark One keeps his deals. Yeah. But that conversation was outstanding. I agree. I even said, after I wrote that conversation down, these two should have been together the entire time. Yeah. The entire time Regina and Rumpel should have left. Let them do their thing. Their conversations are so much better. They're more philosophical in nature. Like it's, It would have been interesting with Regina basically having to kind of work with Rumpel to be like, I know your survival instincts are what they are but I need to save my son. Mm -hmm. And then Neil comes back and now it's even more interesting. Like th there was just better with those two. And I think they figured that out. That's why Regina just left. Yeah. Like, Let's go pay you up with Rumpel. Okay. Pan. The pan of it all. First, his conversation with Felix. Pan can feel when people leave Neverland? I noticed that he too. He can feel it? <laughs> That's creepy. Is he a god? I don't know. Like he said, ooh, I feel it. Someone's leaving Neverland. I was like, how the hell do you feel that? Where's your king? There are no kings in Neverland. Just me. <laughs> it makes me wonder, though, and we've questioned this before, like how much control does Pan have? It sounds like Neil only got a thigh because Pan wanted him to. If he can truly feel that, he could have stopped it. Yeah, I don't know. It's weird. Because, I mean, that's insane that he can feel that. I mean, I maybe... I think the... I, my assumption would be that the way that he would stop it is with the shadow. So the fact that uh -huh. that that Neil used the shadow means that he maybe could not have stopped it. 
Maybe. Because the shadow can't leave the But there are other shadows, coconut. I assume he can. Yes. Yeah. But it sounded like in the Dark Hollow that Pan's shadow controls the other shadow. So if Pan's shadow is contained, the other shadows might not mm. be able to do anything. Maybe. It did... Hook does say it does Pan's bidding. So it's like an extension of his will. Yeah. And what I was curious about, are the other shadows extension of Pan's shadow's will or Pan's will? That's what I'm unclear on. Yeah, I think that that is a distinction that we will have to discuss in more detail in the next episode. Fair enough. <laughs> um, poor Henry. We had a whole season of this kid just being gaslit and lied to. And he admittedly pretty much never gives up. Like, he knows that he's right despite all evidence and logic and eventually breaks through and his mom helps him break the curse. This doesn't happen in season two. And then in season three... The poor kid is being manipulated once again, including that that Wendy scheme was brilliant. Just oh, yeah. brilliant. I like Pan knew exactly what to have her say to make Henry want to help. And it worked perfectly. Henry should have been a little suspicious of the situation. Like it was dumb at all that he thought that he could sneak out of Pan's camp without anyone noticing. Yeah, but he's an 11-year-old boy who's done this so many times to so many adults. And then they drop that bag with the apples, and he's like, ooh, this must be a thing. But again, it, it, I, I, I normally would agree with you if this were adults. But these are the kind of things kids do. Teenage boys drop things. They drop a backpack. I mean, it's not actually all that unreasonable that you'd think you could trick... Like, I've been spending my whole life tricking the Dark One, the Evil Queen, the Savior, Prince Charming, and Snow White. Yeah, why couldn't I trick a bunch of lost boys? Yeah. And Peter Pan's just a little boy as far as he knows. Like, yeah, there's no reason not to assume he can't pull this off. And and he also, much like his mother and grandfather, has tunnel vision. Yeah, he does. The other thing that was so sad that I, like, thought about in this episode is that Henry still doesn't know that Neil is alive. Yeah. He doesn't know... Yeah, because he... he... He had that. He was drugged or asleep, and he heard his father, but, like, he had no reason to believe that that was actually real. He assumed it was a dream. But he yeah. does, he didn't, he smartly does not reveal to Pan that he knows his family is alive. Yes. He, says, he just makes it sound like it's a belief. Yes. That was very smart. Um, you remember when we talked about, remember when Hook takes Aurora's heart? Yes. And they do that message, and you thought it was Cora doing the words, and I said, I'm pretty sure this is Hook. Telling Cora I what to say. I still completely disagree with that. I know you fine. do. And that's fine. You're wrong. But no, you're wrong. <laughs> I think this was not Wendy coming up with it on the fly. This is Peter Pan oh, telling no, he Wendy. definitely told her exactly, exactly what, to say. what to say. She wouldn't have said any of that like if she, he didn't threaten her with something and tell her what to say. No. Yeah. That, what I'm saying is that like the threat was real, but I don't think he had Wendy improvise. I think this was Peter Pan had like a script for her. And yeah. Said, right, right. I don't know how she would have improvised that. I mean. Well, because it's not. True. You could definitely say pretend to be sick and this, like, you could have given oh, her, uh-huh. yeah, like, enough, but it was an excellent, excellent manipulation of, and now Henry's all in. Like, before he was resisting it, and now he seems completely willing to go off the deep end. It's interesting, too, because he definitely hasn't fully explained, I think he told her what to say, yeah. but he did not explain to her exactly what he needs. No. Uh... Because she was like, God, I hated lying to him. And he's like, don't think of it as lying. Think of it as providing motivation. Mm-hmm. And I can't imagine, like, obviously it's motivation for Pan's own own needs. But I can't imagine he would have said that to Wendy in hopes of convincing her if he didn't mean it. Like, 
he must have told her something that it's like motivation. Maybe he told her the thing about saving the island. Maybe she thinks it's the same thing. Maybe she thinks, I mean, she clearly doesn't think it's exactly true, but he wants, uh, Henry has the heart of the tr- truest believer and I need to control that belief. He seems, or what? he must have some sort of carrot though, because he's kept her alive for a hundred years in the same. And what does she gain by helping him? I think he told her she could go home. Yeah. So there's obviously something at the end of the yeah. road. For a hundred years, she's been captive. That's awful. Like, I, I thought it was jacked up what Regina did to Belle for 30 years. A hundred years? And then he comes back to Henry and says exactly the perfect thing to convince Henry to do this. He tells Henry that he lied to him about, like, what was going on. I didn't want you to have that weight on your shoulders, which is for someone with a hero complex... And Henry has that. My God, what what a perfect thing to say. And he makes Henry think it's his idea to help. And now Henry wants to save magic, even though he wanted to blow it up. Five minutes ago. <laughs> With that might <laughs> F- five days ago you wanted magic eradicated. You know what my thoughts on Pan are in this episode? Yeah. Amazing. Well, and there was it's it's especially because he didn't he missed the conversation. Like, he has no idea that Henry spoke to his mm-hmm. parent, his mother's. Um, I'm here, too. I'm here, and I'm here, too. Uh, and at the beginning, when he was talking to Felix, it seemed like he hadn't quite figured out exactly what he was going to have Henry say. Mm-hmm. And then he, like, established this plan of, like, oh, I'm going to say the thing about going to, like, drop the, like, the plan to send Henry over there. I think he's a boy who doesn't have one way to get to yeah, where he wants absolutely. to go. I think he's pretty adaptable. He also has a very interesting line where he talks about Henry like being determined or something like that. And he goes, I would expect nothing less considering his lineage. Yeah. That was a very interesting line to me because, I mean, he obviously knows what he's the product of true love and the dark one. So that is a unique combination. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's interesting that he does talk about his lineage in that way. And, and but he's very proud of it too. Yeah. I, I still, I think I said this before, I, I think him and... I, at this point in time, I thought him and Rumpel were brothers. Mm-hmm. And I thought this is his nephew. Yeah. Yeah. Other than that, I mean, he, neither one of them is a huge part of the episode, but they're a very important part of the episode. At the end, when we see Skull Rock, that's cool. Yeah. That was really cool. And that kind of CGI doesn't bother me. Like, no, I thought because, that great. like, obviously we don't have rocks that looks like skulls that you could just... You don't have a rock that looks like a skull nope, in your backyard? I don't. Oh, I you're, don't have you're that. missing out. Skull Rock's cool. What you is have Skull- a water slide that comes out. If only. What can I don't know the original origin. What is Skull Rock in the normal movie? Okay, well, I mean, if you think of Neverland as like a little boy's paradise, it's you know like a piratey Ireland where you like hide hide shit. Mm-hmm. Um, and Captain Hook captures Tiger Lily. Yeah. <laughs> um, Who is Tiger Lily? Oh, uh, she belongs to the Indian. She's one of the Indians that lives on the island. Oh, great. Uh-huh. Um, Racism. And, yeah. Yum. <laughs> uh, yeah, let's not talk about the song, What Makes the Red Man Red. Um, Ever. Peter Pan has to save Tiger Lily from Captain Hook. And they go to the island. They, he goes to Skull Rock and they, like, have a sword fight. And he ah, saves him. And yes. then the crocodile eats Captain Hook. Rumpel's a dick. <laughs> Well, he, we don't actually see him eat him. There's like kind of like a no. It's like one of those like funny cartoon scenes, like the alligator trying to eat him, and somehow Captain Hook is like running on the water. Like, oh yeah. yeah, he's like chomping at him, right? Yeah, he's like yeah. chasing him. Yeah, 
Exactly. But my assumption is. <laughs> that I mean, I don't know. We know Hook is a survivor. It's true. Hook is a survivor. Striking, aren't I? Do you have anything else? I'm good. All right. What was your favorite moment in this episode? Um, I have two. So I have like two, but really the big one is the Regina Rumpel discussion. Yeah, that was, that's one of mine. That's one of mine. I also really liked the line with Ariel. You can have legs or fins <laughs> or whatever Eric is into. <laughs> I just good. thought that was a nice little side, you know. A second thing about the conversation between Regina and Rumpel that I really liked, it's not just that he loves Belle. He also believes in her to be able to do this. And I think that was great. Yeah, like he truly has someone. He tr- like he trusts her with a dagger. He trusts yeah. her to do important things. Yeah. They're, they're, and that's what Regina has never really had. Um, My other favorite moment is Emma lighting the candle. I think it was a big deal. Oh, because she does it under pressure in a big situation. Yeah, and she, like, got the thing. That they Would you needed. say it was a clutch moment? Yes. Why are you saying it like it's that? It's because I know how much you hate the idea of so much credit for clutch in sports. And there are often in this show where they fuck up for three and a half quarters, and then at the very end they get clutch and pull It's it true. Off. It's true. Um, yeah. Maybe. Um, but she did get the thing that they needed. Yeah, no, she did. She does. <laughs> she, it's funny, though, because she just lights the candle. Because I feel like... She, she, I guess she can't light fire everywhere. She's not Regina. Because like, there would have been an easier way to just ring a fire this, but she can't do that. Well, yeah, and she, she lit the candle, and she got him to come into it, and then trapped well, him Well, I, I assumed the fire sucked him in. That's what they said, and then you have to trap, trap him inside. Him. Okay. Yeah. Most ridiculous moment? I bet you can guess it. Well, the, the, the man love triangle? Well, not even... Well, it, it's a smaller part of that. I choose Henry. Oh, her okay. delivery of that was so bad. It I, was it was like the bad CGI. That we I seen. thought the fighting over the lighter was worse than that. So I thought <laughs> that was dumber. Like as far as ridiculous, I thought the performance of I choose. Yeah, Henry that's was fair. Worse. That's but fair. That would have been my runner up. I also have Henry thinking he was being sneaky and not realizing it was all Pam's idea the whole time. I see that. I don't think it's that ridiculous because that's what an arrogant eleven-year-old boy who's pulled this off for a year would think they could do. Loser. I don't one. know who else this could be other than Henry. Yeah, I have Henry as well. I mean, he is being played. Yeah. Hard. And, and it's not his And fault. he thinks it's his idea. The only thing that I will say is his camp that is a win is that he knows his moms are here confirmed and they're coming yeah. for him and Pan doesn't know that yet. But he learned that last episode. Exactly. So yeah. to me, Henry is the clear loser. Yeah. Winners. I have three. Whoa! I have two. Okay. Ariel being one of them for you? Oh, no, I do not have Ariel. Oh, I'm curious on your three. I know. I bet I know two of them. Okay. Um, I have Belle. That's what I'm on. Uh, she figured she figured the whole thing out, and she got the box to Rumple, even though she was being hunted by creepy British ho- <laughs> the others Hogwarts. But let me ask you, what's in the box? <laughs> <laughs> what What is in the box indeed? That is like Pandora's box is the ultimate what's in the box question. Literally. <laughs> Um, I have Emma for lighting the candle and capturing their way home. Yeah. I'm, uh, like, I don't... I didn't say anything. You're just staring at me. Like, I just can't award a victory to someone who was that bad in this show. I, I mean, I the delivery of the line, it's fair. I get it. Yeah. But they don't get to move to the next episode, and they don't get to try to save Henry without the thing. She got the thing. <laughs> and my third one is Pan, obviously. Obviously, <laughs> Obviously. He convinced Henry to do whatever sinister fucking thing he needs him to do. Pan spent all of his points on everything. <laughs> like, he maxed out <laughs> his charisma, his manipulation, his teleportation, his ability to be intimidating. Tens. 
I like how you think that you get to put points on all of those things. You do when you're Peter fucking Pan. <laughs> when you can feel someone need, leave Neverland, apparently you have unlimited points. I, yeah, I guess that's true. Uh, yeah, my two winners are Belle and Pan. I almost put Emma as a loser. Not because of the character, but because of how bad Jennifer Morrison that's was fair. in this. Um, I like that Belle finally, I don't want to say finally got a purpose, but like was hopeless and that Rumpel didn't believe in her and now knows Rumpel does believe in her yeah, and trust her. That's, that's a big good. deal. That's a good one. Because before, you know, you had talked about her being a kept woman. That's not them being equals. Now it's the dark one had to trust you for something he needed and he did and you did it. Like you yeah. guys are equals now. That's a big deal. And then, I mean, I don't need to explain Pan. Pan that's is true. kicking ass right now. Um, I also almost wanted to choose Regina and Rumpel because, like, last yeah. episode I chose them as winners because they set up this plan mm-hmm. and then it, like, worked and they got it. This was the culmination of what yeah. they did last episode. I also thought their conversation was interesting, but I, I didn't feel like they were winners. There was not they, a win there, yeah. Yeah, it was just, like, they were there. But I think the really important thing about the plan is that they both came up with it together. Yeah. Like, Rumpel found, he was like, this mm-hmm. is the thing we need, mm-hmm. <laughs> but we can't get it. And mm-hmm. Regina's like, I got a way to get it. Yeah. <laughs> They're, they're good teammates, actually. So yeah. the way that you like Emma and Regina teaming up is why I like Rumpel and Regina teaming up, because they're fun together. I don't think Ariel is a bad choice, either. I think Ariel's a great choice. I, she still hasn't found Eric, which is what she ultimately wanted, but she did get, she does now have the ability to have likes whenever she wants. Yeah, I, I actually almost put Ariel as well, because she figured out, or not figured, Belle figured that out, but she was actually able to do the thing that yeah. Belle figured. So they were a good team together. Yes, they were. Um, so yeah, Ariel probably would have been my third place. And also, yeah, she, A, Regina didn't screw her over again. She actually got what she needed mm-hmm. this time. And she's able to go back and forth between the realms. That's pretty damn cool. That's cool. So I got no beef with that. Okay. So next week we are going to watch season three, episode eight, Think Lovely Thoughts. Is this that episode? And we will finally find out how Pan and Rumple know each other. Oh, spoiler. This is a top ten episode. Yeah, it's really good. This might be a top five episode. I don't remember it exactly. I I don't think it's top five. I think I love this episode. Okay. This, I will say this, this is the top one twist of this entire series. There's Mm. nothing that tops this. I think it's, uh... yeah, okay. Yeah. I mean, and there was some good twists in season one, like, Catherine not being dead was shocking to us. Neil is Balefire! I saw that coming. I didn't. I mean, honestly, I get what you're saying, but I saw that coming. Um, but yeah, this one, this is the one that blew my mind. Well, please be sure to join us next week when we watch this amazing episode, season three, episode eight, Think Lovely Thoughts. And we will see you next time.